When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Tonight, SCNZ will once again bring you live coverage of the Test Cricket Series between New Zealand and England, live and exclusive here on SCNZ. Our coverage from about 9 o'clock tonight. The second test coming to you from Nottingham. And this evening, New Zealand into the realm of must-win territory, down 1-0 in the series. They need to respond. Thankfully, this is a fourth three-match series, so New Zealand do still have a chance of turning their fortunes around. Uh, Against the side who, prior to the series, we must labour the point, had won one of their previous 17 test matches. New Zealand, over the previous uh, four or five years, have been very, very consistent. But the Black Caps have lost three of their five tests in 2022. Uh, one each against Bangladesh, South Africa and now England, who cruised home in the end by five wickets in the first test at Lords. That is a worrying trend for New Zealand, with a third of all losses since 2018 coming in these short five-plus months. So... Something needs to change. And I can conduct a bit of an autopsy before we welcome in our uh, special guest uh, to look at our match number two of the series as I pick over the bones of the first loss to England just a few days ago. And there are some obvious areas New Zealand must consider and must remedy. The top order for a start at Lords, they won the toss and then proceeded to be one for one, two for two, three for seven, four for 12, five for 26, six for 36. Uh, a bit of a poor effort with the bat, you might say there, and that is an understatement. But credit to New Zealand. After that inadequate start, uh, they somehow got in a winning position, but they cannot afford a repeat. The talent is no doubt there. Have they got the right order, though, of their top four? Uh, and I'm sure there are a few Black Caps fans just starting to look at Kane Williamson and wonder, is everything OK? Uh, but despite their frailties, New Zealand, remember, reached stumps at the end of a hectic opening two days at 236 for four in their second innings. That was a lead of 227 with six wickets remaining. That had to be a winning position, but it wasn't as New Zealand handed the initiative back to England in startling quick time on that third day, or was it more of a case of England arresting it from New Zealand? That had to be a winning position, but it was not. New Zealand certainly capable of more, and our emboldened expectation of this team is we want more. Uh, we'll find out from 9 o'clock onwards when our coverage begins, and make sure you listen to all the action here on SCNZ. Well, that was a suitably myopic Kiwi point of view of the first test in the series, so let's get a far more well-rounded perspective from a fine cricketing mind, part of the BBC Test Match uh, special crew. Henry Moran is uh, kind enough to join us here on SCNZ, and hopefully... Uh, 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 Henry, welcome to the show. We're getting you behind a mic uh, so you can speak to New Zealanders during the Test Match later tonight, our time. Good morning. Yes, I will be part of the team with SENZ. And very excitingly, we've actually all got a house together here in Nottingham. And so we're all sort oh of 
bunkered in together and making sure that we all turn up in time, set our alarms for the right time in the morning and uh, and show up to Trent Bridge. And to be honest, it's the sort of day, actually, you don't need an alarm because we're going to be waking up early because it is really exciting because it just feels like this series, now that England have won the first game, it feels beautifully poised because we came into it from an England point of view with a little bit of trepidation, given that one win in 17, given the fact that there'd been such turmoil during the winter captain changing, coach changing, so little expectation. Getting that win from that position that you spoke about after that really difficult time of it after the second day, mm. it really was a surprise for England to be in the position that they were come that third, uh, that fourth day, I should say, and that final day and winning the Test match. It has really given life to this English summer already. Early stages, yes, but there's just a real sense of excitement around Nottingham and a real feeling that this could just be the start of the corner turning for this England Test side. I'm trying to get my head away from the fact of you elbowing Jeremy Coney out of the way at the fridge as he gets his quinoa out for breakfast <laughs> or something as you're sharing a house. But he'll want to focus on the game. I want to work backwards. The star of the of the show is Joe Root. That's a brilliant fourth innings knock. And yes, this begrudging New Zealand fan has to go, yeah, tip your cap, well played. I look at this single side and it's reflected in their performances. One from 17 Henry's we both touched on tells me there are serious holes and weaknesses in this lineup, but they do have world-class players. And they needed to rise to the occasion. Uh, how, do, how do you judge that Joe Root innings now on reflection? It's the supreme innings, and he's been in supreme form for the last couple of years. If you compare him to the, the rest of the big four, if you like, and Steve Smith, Kane Williamson and Virat Kohli, Root in the last couple of years has been head and shoulders above the others in terms of test match runs. But England do have a problem in that if you look into 2021 and England's run scoring, England's third highest run scorer in test cricket in 2021 after Joe Root and Rory Burns was extras because England do not score runs mm -hmm. in test cricket apart from Joe Root. Rory Burns isn't in the side at the moment, it's got to be said. Were it not for that Root innings, England wouldn't have won that test match. So uh, whatever cracks have been papered over by the fact that he played so supremely well, England need to remember that it only takes one good delivery from a New Zealand bowler or two in the match, if you like, or a couple of false shots from Joe Root and the whole thing falls down from England's point of view. Others have to stand up. It's a young batting lineup. It's a vulnerable batting lineup. England need to find runs from elsewhere. Ben Stokes played an odd innings in the second innings uh, at Lords. He was charging down the track towards Colin de Grandhomme before he went off injured and it just seemed a little bit sort of frantic and a little bit unusual from Stokes who normally shows such control and calmness. And whether that's first game as captain nerves, who knows? But England need to know that Joe Root can't just always be relied on to get them out of trouble. Similarly, James Anderson and Stuart Broad who were fine with the ball as well. So there is always that just little concern that England are relying on the old reliable figures, but actually some of those new faces coming in have to ensure they pull their weight as well, as Matthew Potts did with the ball, but it's more the bat that's yep. the problem. I certainly lamented New Zealand's lack of runs in that top order, probably reflected in the top three of England. I, I think combined, Lees, uh, Crawley Pope, about 110 runs over the course of the Test match. That needs to be far more substantial. But what's the talent like amongst those three? It's are, good. Are they right it's high. to mature? Yeah. Well, they're scoring a lot of runs in domestic cricket. Lees is an experienced cricketer. He's, a, he's close to 30 years old. He's captain Durham. He's played for Yorkshire for a long time as well. So he's a good, solid county pro. He knows his game. He's a solid cricketer. The other two, they are slightly more mercurial talents. They're in their early 20s. They have all the ability in the world. The question, as so often we ask of young batters, is do they have the ability to show all of the promise that they have in terms of ball striking with growing an in innings, building that innings 
being gritty, tough, awkward to get out. The sort of innings, actually, that the likes of Kane Williamson, Joe Root, uh, Manus Labuschagne, if you like, really do well and actually act as quite unusual figures in the world of Test cricket in just really embracing playing those long innings. And actually... The finest partnership that we saw in that first test match was between uh, Blundell and Mitchell for New Zealand in ensuring that they put them in that fine position at the end of the second day. Really gritty innings. Yes, they can play the shots, but there's no good playing one glorious cover drive if you get out the next ball. England needs to find players that can hang around. Pope and Crawley have all the talent in the world, but that's all well and good. You need to stick around and score the big runs. Of the anatomy of that game, gee, Edric, what is it about Test cricket in England? The twists and turns nearly every single Test, it's quite startling. You, you can't predict anything, it seems, when, when a Test match is booked for England. Yeah, certainly, and you, you'd be a brave person to book a ticket for the fourth day in recent times, certainly for English cricket, because it just seems to be that wickets fall in clumps and you can be thinking you're sailing along serenely and then all of a sudden something happens three wickets fall in three balls as we saw in that game with the uh, with the over that Stuart Broad bowled uh, on that third morning and things do shift there's a couple of factors in play here the conditions for one certainly the overheads can shift very rapidly and so suddenly the ball that was doing nothing can start moving around a lot and that ball itself the Duke's ball which isn't used anywhere else in the world is a volatile thing it can move around quite dramatically it can really aid the bowlers particularly early on in in innings and when you get that second new ball so from a bowling side's point of view you can feel like you're right out of the game but suddenly things can change and that was one of the messages from Brendan McCullum to the England side when things were looking awkward for them in that first test match he said to them in the dressing room we've heard this from Stuart Broad this week he said look you can get the rest of the innings out for 50-60 runs all seven wickets if you use that new ball correctly it's exactly what happened England turned the test match around so things can change pretty quickly and it's part of what makes test cricket in this part of the world so exciting is you just don't know what you're going to get one day to the next yeah I, i'm sort of very confused as to how we should judge in its infancy the brendan mccullum effect the senz loney um uh, as, we're, as i'm calling him we've loaned him to grimsby town so he can work on his game and come back and be a magnificent breakfast host but 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 it's it's too early to tell isn't it it is. And certainly in terms of results, I think it's too early to tell. But I think what is interesting is the mentality side of things. And two comments yeah. from two of England's senior pros in James Addison and Stuart Broad, which really do tell a bit of a story. Because these are guys, in Addison's case, he's been playing for 19 years. He's approaching 40 years old. He has been there and seen everything that the game has to offer. And he has spoken about how there is an energy, there is an excitement, there's a sense of a removal of the fear of failure that has come in the space of one test match. And that is huge for this England side. Stuart Broad described it as the most exciting week he's had as a test cricketer. And that can't be underestimated because this is a team wow. that looked burdened by the fear of failure in that Ashes series down under. They looked like they were terrified to play a shot. And every time the wicket fell, it seemed to precipitate an entire collapse for the entire team. So just that shift in attitude, that shift in mentality, that free them to fail, which England seem to have uh, been able to find in their white ball game. And let's not forget, they followed New Zealand in white ball cricket, thanks to that team led by Brendan McCullum, particularly in that 2015 World Cup. And that went through to their white ball game and they won the tournament in 2019. It seems to be filtering through to the red ball game almost immediately. And that is a huge change for this England side because they have players who have all the ability in the world, but it just seems to be that fear of failure that has held them back. It's something McCullum identified early on, as soon as he arrived, and immediately 
these experienced pros are talking about how there's just a complete sea change in terms of what it's like to be an England Test cricketer. BBC and SENZ cricket commentator Henry Moran is with us. He's doing an outstanding job. He does get one black mark for mentioning 2019 because everyone knows in New Zealand that <laughs> never happened. Uh, your, your, your honest reflection on New Zealand's performance in that first test. We, we've had a good look at England. Was it a, a game of a massive missed opportunity of, as I've certainly positioned? Yeah, I think it was. But given the position on that second evening and the way that partnership between Mitchell and Blundell built and put the pressure on England, they will look at it as a game they should never have lost. But there are a couple of caveats in all of this, particularly when you look at the Indian Premier League and the fact that the likes of Trent Bolt had to come in and four days after playing in an IPL final, were bowling in a test match at Lords. Different conditions, different format. It's very challenging to do that. You look as well at Colin de Grandhomme, who had that horrible day where he was out, run out, not necessarily concentrating as well as he might have done for that first ball. He then overstepped to get rid of Ben Stokes. He got another opportunity, then went off injured. So when they needed to control New Zealand with that England run chase, de Grandhomme was off the field. So there is that factor that perhaps is significant. And you also have to look at the fact that a touring side coming to England need as much warm-up opportunity as they can get two days of the match that was played at Hove in the out of two warm-up games was washed out and so that caused problems as well for new zealand so there are certainly a couple of uh, uh, mitigating factors perhaps and this game that we're going to see at trent bridge over the next five days or four days or three days however long we get is going to be a much better indication i think of where this new zealand side are but certainly i think there's just a little bit of a sense perhaps that they aren't quite as feared as they were at the start of this tour new zealand because england have seen some vulnerabilities in that batting Henry Nichols returns to bolster that middle order. That will push likely uh, Daryl Mitchell down, Blundell down, De Gronholm we know is ruled out. The, the only question for New Zealand's makeup is uh, do they go with a specialist spinner who they use for all of two overs in the first test? Well. Uh, my gut mind are telling me no, they won't. So, what are conditions like to be like? It's a very Austin Powers like yeah, well. sentence, wasn't it? <laughs> well, well, behave. Well, we, we expect, probably, realistically, we expect Neil Wagner to play in this match and Patel to come out. He bowled two overs in that game at Lords. It felt like, in some ways, he was wasted as a selection. And Wagner is a bowler that England don't like facing because some of England's batters don't like the short ball. That is what he does. He digs that awkward length in at the chest, could cause problems in a way that really no other bowler can in Test cricket. And having had a little look at the pitch today, there is some live grass on it. We expect there's going to be a little bit of zip and a bit of extra bounce. The really interesting decision is going to come at 10.30 tomorrow morning local time. So half an hour into our coverage of here, on SENZ when we know what happens at the toss. Are they going to be bold? Whoever wins that toss, are they going to say, yep, do you know what? We're going to have a bowl first. That is what has happened in every single first-class match played at this venue this summer so far. Or do right. you take that horrible chance and think, I'm going to have a bat first because, you know, that's what we do in England. You bat first when you win the toss and you try and get runs on the board. So that's going to be really interesting. You'd be a brave captain to bowl first, but it could just be a master stroke if you get it right. All right, uh, and spill the beans on the real life Nottingham. Uh, you, your roommates, who who hogs the mirror, who hogs the television, uh, who's the scorer, uh, who's well behaved, who, who's late to bed. <laughs> 
Well, you know about Jeremy Coney. He's up first thing in the morning. There's at least an hour and a yep. half of yoga, team yoga between everybody, just to make sure that we're all completely fighting fit, absolutely ready for action. Daniel Norcross, well, he, yeah, well, he's a little bit of a snorer. He can cause a little bit of havoc, so he provides earplugs for everyone, which is very helpful of him. And Adam Collins, well, he's always making a podcast somewhere, so I'm not actually sure <laughs> he sleeps. So we'll have to wait and see <laughs> whether he even needs a bedroom. But we're all in a house together. It's good fun. And as always, the the thing is, the thing about people that love the game of cricket, particularly test cricket, is even when we're not anywhere near the ground, what are we talking about as we sit around having dinner? We're discussing bowling plans, discussing toss outcomes yeah. and batting averages. It's just the way of it. You get you get absolutely completely taken over by it. And we are just so excited as a team. We cannot wait for tomorrow. Cricketing nerds, living with cricketing nerds. Uh, use your imagination, listener. Uh, use your imagination. Um, what, what, what's the outlook weather-wise for at least three days? I, I'm pretty confident we'll get to day three. Yeah. We should do. Yeah, it's looking good, actually. And overhead, we're only just seeing the sunset now, actually, just looking outside because we've got almost midsummer here, so the sun doesn't set until around 10 in the evening. So it's almost still light, and we're looking pretty set fair for the rest of this, uh, this week, certainly. We're expecting conditions to be good. It's a little bit chilly. It's not quite the sort of warm, hazy day at, at uh, Trent Bridge that Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad have made the most of in years gone by. But I think it's going to be set fair. What will be interesting is if there's any of that low cloud cover that can sometimes roll in in, uh, in Nottingham and that can really force the issue when it comes to the toss and possibly just make a captain think I'm going to take a chance and have a bowl first. That's what we're looking out for in the morning. That's what we'll have to wait and see. Henry, thanks so much for your time and your generosity. Can't wait to hear you you and your roommates call New Zealand home in the second test. <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> Anytime at all. Good to speak to you. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.